Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO Sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Hey everybody, this is Faux Monday, the snackable companion to FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back on Thursday with another full episode. But until then, happy Faux Monday best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now, a little while ago, I went down to Florida to speak at an event for this company called Coastal Wealth, which is a really interesting company you're going to hear about in a minute. But at this event, I met the guy who started the business. His name is Jeremy Straub. And Jeremy talked about something that happened to him that I found to be incredibly interesting, surprising, inspiring, something that could happen to any of us. And the way he responded and what he's learned from it was something that I wanted to share with all of you because it just was a story that I can't stop thinking about. Now, Jeremy Straub is the CEO and founder of Coastal Wealth, and he is the host of the Youpreneur podcast, which I was so lucky to be on. He's passionate about entrepreneurship in finance, and he's devoted his passions to pioneering a way to fix the flaws in the wealth management industry. Jeremy shares his passion and knowledge for finance and entrepreneurship by contributing to the world-renowned networks and publications that he writes for and of course, by hosting his podcast. All right. Welcome, Jeremy. Patrick, happy to be here. Good to see you again. Good to be with you. So glad you're here. Okay. Before we get into the whole story that we're going to tell today, why don't you tell everybody about what you do? Uh, so Coastal Wealth is a full services financial services company. We have uh, over 400 financial advisors throughout the country uh, with about 70 plus offices uh, from managing money, about 15, 20 billion in assets to doing full blown financial planning. That's kind of the core business of uh, what I got. Yeah, it's an amazing company. I was fortunate enough to spend some time with you and the company down at your offside in Florida. And, um, you know, it's amazing. Just like, you're just like $20 billion. A lot of money. It's like, what? Uh, well done. Um, and what, talk about the podcast while I have you. Cause I, I think, you know, we have a crowd that likes podcasts. So we'll talk about what, what, what got you to start that podcast. Um, so, uh, you I started, uh, just to be able to kind of deconstruct Florida, uh, cause I live in Florida, business owners down here in Florida and really learn kind of what makes them tick and how they grew. And then, uh, I'm actually just launching a new podcast that actually started from some of the conversation we're going to have today called mindset meets money. And has to do with, uh, why people make decisions with their money and some of the biases you might have in, uh, help or stopping you from making good decisions with your money. All right, so I would accuse you of having FOMO for having two podcasts, but when you talk about why people are going to get it. So let's go back in time. Let's go back a year, a little bit over a year. 
you had something very unexpected happen to you. Talk, talk about what happened to you. Sure. So I just got back from a, a two-week sailing trip in the BVI's. Was feeling pretty good about life and uh, pretty excited. Went out to dinner and um, ended up uh, ordering a bottle of wine. And so many had come back and said it was a bad bottle of wine. And I said, well, why don't you, I don't know anything about wine. I can't even tell the difference between box wine and nice wine, right? So I'm like, bring the bottle of the bad bottle over with the good bottle and let me taste the difference. Long story short, had allergic reaction to the bad bottle of wine. Ended up in the hospital in the ER and uh, found out that I had stage four throat cancer. And uh, my life kind of got turned upside down and started down the journey of uh, trying to be able to address that issue while uh, thinking about and reevaluating a lot of things in my life. I remember you said something, um, because I watched you talk about this, I watched a speech you gave, and you talk about being in the room with the person, the doctor, and the doctor got up physically, you know, sort of she, she was moved and she said, you know, she said something to you that really stuck with me about sort of knowing where you're going. So talk about, because that really blew my mind. Sure. So she, she, um, it was like a doctor in her 40s. She comes in and we ended up knowing a lot of the same people. I knew a lot of people um, in the hospital. So we were having conversations beforehand, built a little relationship. And when she came in, she goes, you want me to shoot you straight or beat her on the bush? And I'm like, well, this doesn't sound great. Uh, why don't you shoot me straight? And then I could see her eyes starting to, to build up with a little bit of tears. And I asked her to sit down next to me. I'm like, Doc, you're scaring me. What's going on? She goes, well, do you have any family close? And I said, um, not really, but why don't you tell me what's what's happening? And uh, she looked at me and she goes, it's it's going to be cancer. We're going to admit you in over the night. And I'm like, are you sure? You just you just did one check and one scan. And she's like, well, I'm 98% sure, but, you know, we will uh, we'll double check and see. But, you know, it, it's I just want to prepare you for that if you want to call anybody. It's like now it's like one or two in the morning. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, actually called my ex-wife and had uh, her come in. Luckily, I've had, kept a good relationship with her, and that was the closest person I had. But she came in later that night. But, yeah, it was a, uh, a crazy turn of events from what I expected. And, you know, from feeling really good about how my life was a week before, to all of a sudden a doctor saying that, it completely changes where your priorities are, changes what you think um, you want out of life, and it completely changes your perspective on who and where you want to spend your time. Yeah, that, that's that's the story that I remember. And I think about that. I haven't forgotten. Like it, I think about this a lot because it just it blew my mind. And, and the good news, of course, is now we're a year later, and you were able to announce at this offsite I was at that you're, you know, the cancer is gone. And so you've been through this process of treatment. But in that process, you've also learned a lot about yourself and about the world around you. So what I'd love to know is, you know, what, like, what was, how did you react? Like, there's no manual, right? We all think we'd react one way or another, but like, how did you figure out what to do next? And was there anything that surprised you in that process? You know, so a lot of people would give advice saying, you know, this is mental as much as it is physical. And I didn't I didn't completely get that at first. And I think although, you know, I've had people in my family, my, you know, my mom, my grandma both had breast cancer and my dad had, or my grandfather had lung cancer. Like I've, I've experienced it, but I, I never understood or could appreciate what it's like being on the other side. And so, um, you know, when it when it happened, you know, people shared the mental piece to it and. In the beginning, I kind of just was like, everything's going to be okay. You know, everything's going to be okay. And, and one of the things I did, I think, well that a lot of people don't do is I didn't Google. I didn't Google anything. I didn't look up anything. 
instead I, I grabbed, you know, one of my close buddies, a neurosurgeon, um, somebody I know is extremely analytical, loves researching to do all the research for me. And I leaned on a couple of professionals or people that I trusted to help me navigate the different hospital visits and that than opposed to me reading and scaring the hell out of myself um, from Googling, going down these uh, certain wormholes. Then, then after that, then it started to set in as I started to do some hospital visits and really kind of, you know, that this could be something that's a lot bigger than I'm making out of my mind. And so when I chose the hospital I was going to, I was going to New York City and I was fortunate enough to be able to live there for a few months and go through treatment. I ended up having eight weeks of uh, radiation every day and then uh, three rounds of chemo during that time period too. But in um, choosing going to doctors, that's where it started to hit me and said, all right, now this is getting serious. And right before I left for New York, uh, I had to have speak in front of my company. It just happened to be a timing of a big event. So I'm in front of like six, 700 people telling them what happened to me. And, and part of what I've always done in business is kind of define reality while painting a picture of hope and optimism. And so uh, I was able to tell them what was happening. But in my mind, I just never let myself go to a negative spot. And I kind of painted the picture of optimism in my head. And then once uh, I started going through treatment, that's where I kind of got punched in the face a couple of times. And, you know, we, we can go into that if you want to or what, what you want me to hit on. But um, but that's where all of a sudden I started to question it and go, wow, was I a little too optimistic here? Did I did I did I screw up on my thoughts? I think, you know, being in business and an entrepreneur, you're kind of this eternal optimist all the time, which I think that mindset really helped me in being able to be OK early on. Um, but I, I think, it you know, it got tried. Uh, and then along with that, I spent a lot of time learning about emotional intelligence over the last 20 years. And I think that ability to be able to manage my emotions made a difference um, on it. But yeah, that, that's kind of the, 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 the odd part where I got a, a renewed vigor about my business on it was after I realized what I had and had to address it, the next big fear I had in my head was like, are my kids going to be okay? And did I do everything right? I mean, I'm in finance. I used to be a financial advisor before I ran the company. I figured I'd have everything, but then I go back and I'm in my head of my divorce going, did I change my beneficiaries? Did I make sure I paid that life insurance premium? Did I make sure that, you know, I, I did enough forecasting to know that my kids are going to be okay and not have to go out of their school they're in or not be able to go to the college they're in or change their lifestyle? And, you know, I had a panic call three days after I got diagnosed to my financial advisor, literally just asking if I'm OK. And, you know, it was, it was great for me to be able to hear from him. And it, it relieved a lot of stress for me for him to walk me through and show me that I was going to be OK. And then I was able to not worry about financial stuff and go focus in on my health and time with my family as I was going through it, which was another big eye opener for me as I went through this process. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos fomos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. 
Now, FOMO sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. Yeah, it's that that is so important. I think, you know, it's like these are things that we don't think about on a daily basis or we think about once we set it up and then we sort of don't think about it again. But even you're in the industry, right? <laughs> it's like it's it's so important to be, you know, have the rainy day accounted for. I do want to hit on you just mentioned that you had moments because I think you're right. Like people tell you like it's all mental and you know, obviously it's not all mental, but mental is so important. Of course it is. Right. But being an optimist as you know it's it's great until it starts to crack and something really bad happens and then somebody who's the most optimistic person in the world can the the self-doubt can seep in and then you're you can get into a place where you're spiraling and you're catastrophizing and stuff like that so talk about you know those times when you said that the the whole process punched you in the face how did you deal with it how did you keep from going to the dark 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 place so I ended up in the ER a couple of times just from, you know, side effects of the treatment. One of the times I had um, really bad vertigo, couldn't even crawl without falling over. At the same time, the picture, like when I was looking at your face, it would jump around. Um, wow. And at the same time, I was wow. extremely nauseous. And so it was just a, it was an unsettling feeling not to be able to do anything. And that, and I, I couldn't keep my eyes open. And then I ended up in the ER for a few days through that. And that was a time period where, it's a, you know, a very small chance from the chemo that that can last forever, right? And so, mm. you know, the doctor said, this is like you having, you know, a liver issue from Advil. It says it on the bottle, but it never happens. We've never mm. seen it, but it could be an effect. Let's see how it plays out. And that, that part kind of scared me because in my mind, nothing bad was going to happen. I was just going to get cured from cancer on it. You know, getting through it was interesting. I, I you know, there's, there's a couple pieces I would say. One is I was still working right before that and trying to just work through treatment. And, and what you don't appreciate is the stress that you have from work, from home, whatever it is, it actually has a physical toll on your body. And typically you're physically enough and able enough to be able to handle it. Well, the day I went into the ER with all those issues, I was dealing with a big issue where a deal was about to blow up and there was a, a big you know acquisition we were looking at for a while. And it was a stressful conversation with the owners and going back and forth. And, you know, I don't know if that pushed me over or not, or it's just bad timing, but I can tell you that I, after that, I stopped doing everything that was, you know, work related stress and reduced that. The second part to it is I was relatively um, open on social media for the people that kind of are connected to me. And this like, I don't have a social media following. So this is just friends, family, people I know. And um, I was shocked by how many people, had similar fights you never know about. People that had, you know, big cancer fights, big issues with health scares that were opening up to me and supporting me and in giving me perspective or giving me thoughts of how they dealt with it. And again, I never knew they even dealt with it. These are people from maybe 10 years ago, I touched their life or something like that that reached out. And so, you know, somebody told me when I got sick, you'll find out who your friends are. Um, there are people that I thought would be, you know, heavily there for me that, you know, they're busy with life. I don't blame them at all. They're busy with life. And, you know, they thought about me, but they're so busy with kids and work and that. And then there are people that I didn't think would give, 
you know, a rat, they didn't care that much about me. And <laughs> they were so invested and engaged and, you know, sent me stuff, sent me, I mean, even motiv- daily text motivational thing on it that just, you know, gave me different perspective or they, you know, I won buddy happened to be with like John Bon Jovi and he got John Bon Jovi to send a video to me, you know, wishing me thanks and that like, or wishing me, um, luck. And it was just like those little things made a difference to realize how many lives I touched. And what I found was interesting early in my career, I spent a lot of time developing people, whether it was, you know, business wise, but it always turned into individually. How do I help them become better, you know, people in general and and tried to teach them the skills I learned to kind of navigate through life and business. Those were the people that cared the most and really leaned into, you know, um, giving me attention and ideas to navigate through it. And as I moved up farther in my career, I spent so much time on strategy and, you know, other stuff of doing deals that, you know, you move away from, from things that might make a difference. And, you know, for me, it's kind of giving me this renewed vigor of going, development of people and the, you know the fact that I get to touch a lot of people through my company is a, a is now a larger piece of my priority and, and kind of life mission than when I moved away from it for the last 10 years so those were the things that kind of helped me out was uh, one was you know reducing stress and time and then the second part was leaning in on that village and it doesn't it's not the people you might think it is um, that lean in that being said, my mom was with me the whole time so I was lucky that and you know family was still super close but there were a lot of people that I didn't expect it really had an impact on me. Yeah. You know, I, as I thinking about this, it's so we always have people in our lives who are going through tough times and part, I, you know, it's like sometimes people disappear because they're busy. Sometimes they disappear because it taps into their own deep seated fears of the unknown and the unexpected. It's like, you're like, I, I you know, I, if you're are your life is already complicated and then you're, you're afraid of something that's happening to you, like what's happening to the person you might disappear. But, you know, it takes so little to show up for somebody. Yeah, you can go to the extreme. You can be there every day for that person. But simply putting in a text, checking with somebody, maybe they don't even respond because they're not in a place where they can do that right now. But, you know, we all have chances to step up for the people around us and it's worth doing. Now, I'd love to just get for people listening, because I, I hate to say it, but, you know, we live in reality. People on this podcast are going through stuff right now or may soon be going through things. So, you know, when that moment hits, I want them to think back to this moment. So what's your advice for people when they get news that's shocking and unexpected and they have to respond? What would be your advice to people who are listening? You know, the the first part I would be is to make sure you're, you're, you're have a, I'm going to use a, a business term like a board of directors, but you have a couple people that you really trust and value to help you navigate the decisions you have to make um, while you're in an emotional state. I would say that that's that's one part that I would do. And, and I talked a little bit about that earlier. The second part is there's people that have gone through it before and it's hard to find those people. Um, and, you know, if you can put yourself in a situation to talk to some people. So as soon as I got sick um, and people found out what I had and I was public with it, I wasn't trying to hide it at all. I was okay with it. But doing that helped me a ton because I had at least four different people introduced me to somebody that went through the exact same cancer I went through, you know, one, two, three, four years beforehand. And hearing their stories, all of them are fine. You know, he- hearing, you know, what they had to do. Mine was, uh, you know, I, I probably screwed up. Mine was farther along than, than people caught theirs because I missed a couple signs I should have saw. Um, 
but that gave me a lot of uh, optimism because I was able to talk to people that went through it. And throughout that time period, there was another um, guy I met through an organization and part of him and I were both going through chemo at the same time. Somebody uh, connected us to it and him and I leaned on each other a lot during those few months. And, um, like literally texting every day or WhatsApp every day. Um, and I would have never, I still have met him in person. We're doing a, a road trip in, um, in Europe this summer. It'd be the first time I meet him in person. But um, I, I think about that. And that was like somebody that just kind of kept me connected. And then, you know, for me, I tried not to be alone at all once I was going through the treatment. Having people around um, just to be able to occupy your time so your mind doesn't go too crazy on it. Um, that was a piece. And then the last part I would say, is I journaled a lot. And I, I tried to know where I was emotionally. I tried to talk myself through what it was. And as I saw trends and issues of how I was thinking, I was able to figure out the best way to address it. And so I spent a lot of time journaling. And then I also I journaled just so I don't forget stuff. As I start to get healthier and I start to feel much better, I'm like 90% there. Um, a lot of the promises I made myself, I already catch myself not following through and, and actually not doing because you're not in that that wartime battle, that heat of that moment of when you made those promises to yourself. Um, so that's part of the reason I wrote everything down and I, I keep trying to go back to make sure I keep focused in on those commitments I made. That's fantastic. You know, it's writing things down. I'm a, I talk about it all the time as somebody who does that. And, you know, I, I just recently found journals I wrote in college. And, um, you know, it's also just valuable to see where your head was. At. I, I read it and I'm like, it's just so interesting to see who I was, what's the same, what's different. But especially when you want to remember something important to you, having it written down and accessible and then making sure to go look at it. It's really important. Now, Jeremy, you have all the, okay, you have all these podcasts, for goodness sake. <laughs> where can people find your stuff? Where can they learn more about you if they want to learn more about you? Um, oh, you can check out the company Coastal Wealth or mycoastalwealth.com. Uh, but you can check me out on Instagram, JM Straub, or on uh, Twitter, Jeremy Straub, although I don't use Twitter that much. So probably go on Instagram. <laughs> it's probably the best. Twitter's a bad place. Twitter's a bad place. And the podcasts are called? Youpreneur, uh, and uh, with the letter U, and then Mindset Meets Money. All right, everybody, go check it out. If you need, I'm, I can't, I'm going to plug you right now. If you, if you need financial advisories, they do all kinds of nice stuff at Coastal Wealth. Go check it out. I met the people. I would trust them. I think they're good people. So, you know, this is, I'm not sponsored, but I'm just giving you my vibe that it, I thought it was a really cool company. And go check out Jeremy's stuff. And uh, Jeremy Straub, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis.